stop you, Governor. They tell me there's going to be an investigation. For Russ Durance, time is money. Stop crying. <laughs> no, I mean right now. You're giving me a headache. An image is everything. Jerk. You lousy jerk. 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 If you get called a jerk four times in the same day, does that make it true? What, only four? To get up late? But in the business of giving advice, he's the one who needs help the most. There is nothing wrong with me. Take your phone off. You're with a human now. Now, on his 40th birthday... Just when I think I've seen the worst in you, when I get the tiniest glimpse of the kid in you... He'll get a magical chance to rediscover himself. <laughs> As Russ Duritz, the man... I know you. ...meets Russ Duritz, the kid. Are you who I think you are? Russell Morley Duritz. How'd you know my name? I'm dreaming, dreaming, dreaming! I don't think you're dreaming, because you're talking and your eyes sort of twitching. This little boy has me at age eight, and I want you to make him disappear. How was the therapist this morning? Do it, Janet. Jester! Who is Jester? My dog. The dog I'm going to get when I grow up. Sorry, kid, no dog here. No dog? So let me get this straight. I'm 40, I'm not married, and I don't have a dog. I grow up to be a loser! This July. All I see when I look at him is a collection of awful memories. Memories I spent most of my adult life trying to forget. One man. How's many of you? That's hilarious, Janet. And one boy <laughs> will get a second chance. Holy smokes! At life. What happens next between being me and becoming you? There's something very strange going on. She's not gonna believe us. She will! She won't! She will! She won't! She will! Hey! Told ya. Disney's The Kid. Friends, no doubt, it is one of my favorite films, Disney's The Kid. Every story, as John has taught us for many years, borrows its power from the story of all stories, from the gospel and the story in which we were born. And the story of The Kid is a remarkable modern-day parable of the restoration of the parts within the soul of a man. I would love for you to dive back into that film as a context for this next Become Good Soil podcast. As you may be aware of, years ago, we released two resources through Ransomed Heart, which is now Wild at Heart. We released Heart to Heart for Women, which was the message of Captivating, and Band of Brothers, which was the message of Wild at Heart. It was our first ever attempt to use video to get into the message of restoring the heart of a man and a woman. And so 18 years, almost two decades later, we reimagined those videos and we used updated stories and updated technology to grab uh, more poignant videos to revisit these ancient truths. In this podcast, we're leaning into a section of content originally aired on the Water Heart podcast, where John, Stacy, Sherry, and I explored the theme of healing the wounded heart. And I'm just thinking of the last three days of my life where I've had interactions with different people. One was the context of an 84-year-old neighbor. Another was the context of some friends 
that we were with over a meal from a lacrosse tournament for our kids. Another context was a coworker that was going through some challenges relationally. In each of those experiences, I found myself asking the question, Holy Spirit, what age is the person I'm interacting with right now? It was so fascinating that in that moment, I could see with more clarity, there was more than one person in front of me. In one instance, there was a woman who was 42, but also within her was a 19-year-old soul. In another instance, there was a man who was 84, but also within him was a 13-year-old boy. Friends, as one wise woman said, we are always every age we've ever been. And part of that is holy and hopeful because we live soulfully in time out of time. And also with that is this hidden secret that there are different parts of us that get stuck at different ages. And the story of healing the human heart is the story of God coming to shepherd us through a path and process of restoring the whole human person to literally integrate the different parts of what we call humanity. And so I want to begin this podcast before we turn to our section of conversation with a reading from Isaiah 61, the scripture that Jesus chose to use is the moment of his public announcement of his mission here on earth. Jesus unrolled the ancient scrolls and he declared the prophetic message captured in the book of Isaiah where he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. God has anointed me as the messenger to preach good news to those who find themselves in poverty. He has sent me to heal the wounds of every broken heart, to speak to the captive places and say, son, daughter, you are free. To tell prisoners, be free from your darkness. I am set to announce a new season of grace on the earth, a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort those who mourn, to strengthen those who are crushed by despair, to give a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, oils of gladness instead of tears, a mantle of joyful celebration instead of a spirit of heaviness. Because of this, we will become mighty oaks of righteousness. We will be planted by God himself as living displays of the glory of God. He'll restore the ruins from long ago, rebuild that which has been devastated. He will renew cities and desolations of past generations. Friends, there is more more healing, more restoration, more freedom. And this is the epicenter of the work of God when he says, come, your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in the heavenly realm. And so let's turn a corner and dive in to this podcast featuring the wild at heart and captivating experience. And let all of this be an invitation. Take another pass Grab the resource, share it with friends, dive in. 
because there are treasures that God has for you in store. Welcome, guys. Hi, guys. Hello. Yay. Good to be with you. <laughs> Hearing that verse, what just off the cuff, first response, what does that bring? My first response was, it means everything to me. Like, it means everything. Say a little more. Why? I think because I identify with almost every line. I identify with being a captive in darkness. Yes. I identify with despair. I identify with having a broken heart. I identify with being in bondage. And so that that is the good news that's proclaimed is like every single line and that this exchange of Mm. joy for my mourning and delight for my despair. And it's just, it means everything to me. That's literally what my heart said. I said, that Mm. means everything to me. Oh, wow. I think I had two reactions to it this morning. And the first was going back to the earliest days of my cultivating relationship with God. It was so transactional. Mm, And that that passage was something that was supposed to have happened like automatically when you gave your life to God. Mm. And so I trust Mm. God. I love God, but I don't feel that. And so I would hear that passage and go, what am I missing? Because I was, I'm supposed to be that person, but that hasn't happened yet, but I've given my life to God. So what else is there? Mm. Uh, But juxtaposition, my second reaction is that passage, Sherry, much like you've said, you've experienced it. Like that's what we have lived in and observed in the lives of people around us now for two decades. Like that's the fruit over time. That's the fruit in our lives. That's the fruit of the text that I've received just this morning. God is at work healing the brokenhearted, bringing freedom to the captives in us and in the people entrusted to our care. And so it feels like that's now our story. Mm. I just so resonate with both of you. Like it just takes me to the core of who I am and what I need. And then what I love is that it's, when he's come to save us, it means he has saved us, but it also translates he is saving us. Mm. So he has healed and he is healing. Mm. This ongoing, thank you, Jesus. Wow, this is available for me. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love who he is. I love his intention. And it totally changes my perspective of get in line be good, do good, to know he is coming for me, mm-hmm. for my restoration. He cares about the details of my life, and I mm. love him for mm. it. As we move towards Easter, I was thinking about Athanasius's little tract on, on the incarnation and how he says that God so cares about our humanity that he took on humanity in order to restore it. Mm. Mm your humanity matters profoundly, that the gospel mission is a healing and restorative mission. Mm -hmm. I think if people knew that, Mm -hmm. you couldn't find a church with an empty seat. Mm. Like, there wouldn't be room. Every single neighborhood church would be bursting if people knew that that was actually the gospel project. Mm. This is the current 
central purpose of God in the world yes. is to come in and heal the beauty of your creation, the, the beauty mm. of, of your masculinity and femininity, the beauty of your humanity, mm. the, and the beautiful uniqueness of you as well, like all the, all the you that's you, right. right? It's fascinating, John, to think there is a multi-billion dollar industry, the self-help industry, that essentially is looking to answer that ache. How right. do I get help? How do I become healed, whole, full humanity restored? Yes. That's really the drive behind it. Yes. And like you said, wow, if we found that in the kingdom, we'd realize that's what the offer of the gospel truly is. Yes. Mm -hmm. For me, I remember my senior year in college, 1998, 99, Morgan had given me the tape set for the Sacred Romance Conference, and I would drive, you know, it was a six-hour drive for me from Central Illinois to Nashville, and there was this really rural part, northern Kentucky, that I would go through, and um, I remember listening in the dark to to when you drew my attention, John, and, and you and Brent, to Jesus, you know, in Luke 4, announcing that as his mission, and just enter, inviting me to enter into that moment in a synagogue when he opens the scroll and reads this out. And I, I just was like, you know, kind of on like an empty interstate. I'm like driving my 84 Toyota Camry, but like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Yeah. So I just, um, I can remember that so, so vividly. I'm near Paducah, Kentucky. I love and, that. And it's like, what in the world? And there's no yes. one else on the interstate. What in the world? Yes. What, <laughs> what in the world? Want to know? Hey, Mark, totally. where, where has this been all my life? Totally. Yeah. That's phenomenal mm. when it is is drawn to our attention in, in the Gospel of Luke. Yes. That's and amazing. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. And then as it begins to work its way into our lives. Yes. Process mm -hmm. far more than than something that you're supposed to already be at. Yeah. Right? But as it works its way in. Holy cow. Now, many of our listeners are participating with us this week in something that we're calling the Wild at Heart Experience, the Captivating Experience. We are in week three of that. For those of you that signed up uh, for the free, it's free, gang, and you can get on our website and sign up for it anytime. Anytime. It's, this is evergreen. Anytime in the year, you can just start that and go through it personally or go through it as a household or maybe with some friends. But for those of you who are tracking with us, you know why we picked that passage because in week three of the Captivating Experience, Wild Heart Experience, we go into the reality of woundedness and the need of our hearts and souls for the care of God and the healing of Jesus in our places of woundedness. And I'm curious, Morgs, Cher, you guys have done uh, the experience here for week three. Mm -hmm. What, um, just on a first pass, what did it raise? What, you've been in this for a long time. This round, what was it like? How, how was your experience? Morgan knows this. I'm trying to repent of hyperbole and overstating things. So I say this really purposefully that I was undone. I was undone by Juanita, by you, Stace. And there's this place where Juanita says that she was talking about what her dad, his message to her, that she was worthless and good for nothing. And then she makes this comment, and I believed him. 
And then in contrast, you know, when she says about how everything changed when I met God, and she says that I, I asked him, God, who do you say I am? What do you think of me? And what she heard God say is, God says, I want to hear your voice. And then Juanita says, and I believed him. And so this like moment of parallel of I believed him, she believed God, and then how that transformed her. And I thought it was really profound how the enemy tried to name her through her dad as weak, but Juanita's strength is so signature. And her, um, there was this moment where she's like, and I fight for the atmosphere in my household so that my kids would feel safe mm. to be who they are. And I'm just like, oh, that, like how, how her wounding against her voice and against her strength was, is so, you know, here I am receiving from the power of her voice and witnessing her strength. And then Satan was trying to shut down her capacity to give and receive love. You know, she says, I never got to experience love you know, I couldn't love other people and I couldn't receive mm-hmm. love. And then she, on the film, it's so vivid. She is a powerhouse of love. And so the attack against her voice, mm-hmm. against her love, and against her strength, mm-hmm. and how vivid it is that who she is in the kingdom is, is this powerhouse of love, mm-hmm. this, having the signature strength, and this voice that brings heaven to earth for me. And so I was like, ah, and just receiving it. And then she closes it. I just have to say, share this one line when she says, when you get to taste of true love, she, Juanita says, I see it like water to a dry plant. Before it was like black and white. And now it feels like I have color in my life. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's Isaiah 61. There it is. It yeah. is. Right. There's a living picture mm-hmm. in one woman's life mm. of the Isaiah 61 ministry yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. Not to press in where angels fear to tread for you going through week three. Was there something fresh personally? There was. Um. There has been um, um, a message in my life that I'm unintelligible as a communicator. And what's tricky is that that's has in some cases been true. And there's a, a root of that between me and my dad. It was like the language that I would use was unintelligible to him. Mm. Um, I have had an, um, a strong emotive response to beauty and to nature since I was a little girl. And um, it was just, I know I'm a lot. I am a lot. So just, it's real current, but just asking Jesus to tell me the truth of who I am to him. Yes. And who I am as an expresser. <laughs> Is he speaking? I'm in the midst. Okay. And I think having, you know, that, um, just to be totally transparent, to have to see myself on this film. I am amazed at the traction I have in self-hatred with the Lord, that I'm able to watch it and, and feel like, oh my gosh, like, God, you're giving me a place to stand here. Okay, guys, I'm going to totally give you a secret to this film. Like, check out my flyaway hair. 
in the trailer, I have like a huge piece of hair that's just sticking oh, out. Oh, and I feel like Jesus, like it wasn't your fault. Like that wasn't your job to know that you have this. Like, and it's ironic that it was caught and it's repeated over and over again in the trailer. Check it out, everybody. Yes, wait till the podcast is over. But um, man, to be able to work through that with the Lord. And I, I can feel the vulnerability to really, I feel the self-hatred right here of like, I'm a lot. I, I don't like how I talk. My intonation is weird. I, I like keep lilting up at the end of every sentence and I barely recognize my own voice. And so to trust that my father can use me to communicate something is so vulnerable for me. But God, like, listening to Juanita today and being like, I believe you. I have to believe mm. him. I have a choice between mm. despair and, you know, taking, um, just taking the knife into my own hands mm. in, in my inner life, or I can believe him. And when I see Juanita and her freedom and her cannonball into the water and, you know, it just rouses in me of like, I have a choice. And she basically says, you know, I, I had to, the, I had to just, begin risking because without risk, I was missing out on so much. And this desire to be fearless and to show up, even if my, I have a flyaway hair for, for um, posterity now, like nonetheless, like here I am, everything I am and everything I'm not. And I am like determined to let the love of God flow through me to myself and to others and to believe him. So there's something, you know, that, his, that God has been doing around this idea of being strong, that I am strong. I am, we talked about this on a recent podcast, rock and refuge. I'm she who gets back up again. And so just rooting into, I can, I can handle my flyaway hair. Like, I should do another one. Like, yes, you, you know, can. Just, um, mm. so, so just, but mm. it's, it's vulnerable and mm. I need Isaiah 61. Mm-hmm. And sure, because this is, incredibly vulnerable and fresh. Let's model for our listeners. Right now, Jesus, we invite you into this to care for Sherry's heart and soul. We invite the Isaiah 61 ministry, the presence of Jesus to minister to these places and the shutting down of the voice of the enemy, silence in Jesus' name, silence to the accuser and the twist and the spin of the enemy against Sherry's voice and her ability to articulate well, Jesus, we shield this with your presence and with your love. And we silence the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay, everyone, thanks for listening to the Wild well <laughs> podcast this week. We, right. we don't need to. Thank you, Sherry. That yes, was thank you. Incredibly beautiful. And honestly, the people listening to this and who know you and who have heard you on both the Good Soil podcast and on this and at events and things, they are. Like, what? Yeah, incredulous. Sherry, Sherry is the most articulate person on the team. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want articulation, you wait for Sherry to get on stage, right? <laughs> Honestly. And so that most of our listeners right now are pretty incredulous. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. going, wow, but it helps them because mm-hmm. then they go, oh, well, I know my stuff. You know, everyone keeps telling me how smart I am and I don't think I'm smart right. or everyone mm-hmm. keeps telling me that I'm so creative and I don't think I'm creative, right? right? Exactly, so, it can take you into the agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And the, I think this also really models a few things. One is we can speak truth into Cher's life and it's really good and powerful, but it is not enough. Right. I and have to believe him. Yeah, you have to do, I believe him, what I he says. Right. Well, you have to know what he says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to receive that Isaiah 61, right? You actually have to open your mm. soul to mm. say, Jesus, I'm inviting you to heal the place. Yes. It doesn't have ears to hear. Yes. And that's something mm. like we can't do in our own power. Right, mm. right. And he's still the same Jesus who came, mm. who is coming today and is coming for you, is coming for me, is coming for everyone who's listening. Mm-hmm. Morgan, what was yours? Uh, week three, going through the experience, watching the session. It was um, very, very interesting. You know, I chose to wait to watch them until this time to really engage as a participant because obviously I was in, in the filming. And watching Juanita, what, what impressed me was her awareness of her own story. She actually has, has taken a journey and become the kind of person that can articulate to herself the story and then walk into freedom as she invites God into healing the wound. And I realize the wounding story, it's like so many people have it, but so few people have risked becoming students of their own story and to be able to understand it with the eyes of the heart to then walk into freedom. And so it really moved me. And then as a man watching the women, uh, there was a, there was just a layer of understanding that was coming, just appreciation, empathy, that was different. In the Wild Heart videos, it was a fascinating experience. I'm watching it unfold and I absolutely love Pablo. And these are my friends on the video. And so I'm in the story. And, and then little Lucas, four years old, is pushing the mower with his big ear protection on, bright blue. And like something in my heart just like broke open. And I was like kind of blindsided by this moment. I go, what's happening? And I've just learned, okay, I have have an option. I can just stuff it and move on or I can pay attention. And I'm literally thinking like, I have a big day. And I think what I can appreciate in entering with our listeners, like, this happens in moments in our regular lives, right? Yep. So I have a full tilt day, but I want to be present to the podcast. But God's saying like, this is about your heart. What are you going to do with it? So I'm watching little Lucas and Pablo's behind him pushing the smower. And and I'm just caught by this moment. And all I can identify is Lucas is so protected. His ears are protected. Mm. I know Pablo's story. He has hearing loss from damage. I have minor hearing loss and I've had some wounding with loud noises. I'm super noise sensitive and I'm watching this little boy protected. And then this voice came up. It was like, I felt so unprotected in so many moments. And I would Mm. never in my life have I used that word. Mm. And it was only watching this video Mm. of little Lucas Mm. and Pablo behind him. And And I started, it's like in a moment, I started realizing this layer of my story of 
I'm an adventure seeker and I'm very safety conscious. Sherry will tell you, like, I am vigilant about safety. And part of that is very holy because my kids and my family can adventure in wilderness and ocean and be safe. Um, but I realized this morning there's also a layer of overprotectiveness that results because of the wounded boy that felt unprotected. And so there was just this moment where I just started thinking of like, where was the protection? Like, it, like metaphorically, why didn't someone put ear protection on my ears? But then even specifically, I remember that birthday party with these loud balloons when I was just a little Lucas. Oh. And then I remember my, the first shotgun that went off right next to my head. Oh. And, and then it was other things. You know, it was unprotected from even like my own freedoms as a teenager. I didn't know what to do with all the freedom and unprotected from my own gifting. And, and it went on and on. And so I was caught in a moment where I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay here and let, let my heart speak and then turn to God, which feels so risky. And like, I've done this a lot of times for a lot of years but this is what's current with God and say, God, what do I do with this little boy that feels totally unprotected and has therefore orchestrated a life of being overly protective. And so it was a holy moment and just felt like just the Isaiah 61, Jesus come and heal this part of me that doesn't yet know you, that doesn't know you are my protector, mm. doesn't know that he's safe. And so it was a short three minute, Jesus, I choose to be with you in this place. I don't understand it and I don't need to figure it all out, but I'm inviting you into the boy. Help yeah. me see, help yes. me heal. Yes, beautiful. Friends, listeners, we're, we're describing a process that is a life. It, it's a way of life where God will raise things in very surprising ways. You, I mean, here's a little boy pushing a lawnmower with ear protection on and suddenly, boop, you know, whoa. And thank you for that story. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the vulnerability mm -hmm. of that. And for modeling, well, I could have just gone on right. or I could invite God in. And I know you that you'll go back to it right. and do some more business right. later. Right. right. It's not like... Jesus come into this. Okay, great. Bye. Right. We care for the needy places in our souls. We participate in our healing. Mm -hmm. We participate actively in it. Right. Because there's the choice. And thank you. That was beautiful. Mm -hmm. There's the choice in our lives in all of those moments when things rise to the surface where I think most of us tend to shame that and just like push it down oh, totally. and just, you know, ugh, you needed, you stupid, whatever the names that we call ourselves. Whereas as we listen to your stories, we are so moved with compassion and mercy. And so the choice mm. to turn that onto our own hearts and to, to honor our story, to mm -hmm. honor the little boy, the little girl that we were, to just go, it wasn't supposed to be that mm -hmm. way. And then, yes, to invite mm. the healing, tender mercy of Jesus. Mm. Stacey, there's a line that you share 
um, the way we are wounded has played a part in forming the woman that we are today. And you make this remark, like, for example, that um, you observed in her fear, Juanita um, had a tendency to go to withdrawing. Yes. And it was just so succinct, and it really was revelatory for me. And you just to distinguish, sometimes some of us go in our fear, we go to withdraw. And some of us in our fear, we go to control. And it was just like, oh, it was remarkably clear to me and to that connection between our woundedness and then how that's formed the woman we are today. Yes. And, you know, if anything can help me to also kind of like root down and I want to I want to go after this, seeing Juanita's beauty unfurled and, and so vivacious. And then also, okay, God, this is, how is it forming me today? That connection was profound and... So thank you, mm-hmm. Morgan, for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And John, you'd made a comment that was equally sort of revelatory where you said in the teaching that there are situations where you feel young. And it's interesting because I, I wouldn't normally put that word to it. And so I tried to find what are situations that I don't feel good. And all of a sudden I went to, oh, it's situations where I feel fear or situations where I feel shame. But what you were articulating is below the fear and below the shame, what I'm often likely feeling is young. Yeah. And I don't normally associate that. And even in the earliest days of trying to walk in this message, it was such a new category. And so it was really helpful in your teaching to say, what if what I'm feeling is actually feeling young? So what if below this anger, I'm feeling young? What if below this control, I'm feeling young? I think of that in our marriage often where there are moments, and we had a a beautiful conversation last night to unpack some hard things from the day before. Well, I would have never told you what I was feeling in that hard situation was was young, but I felt shame. I felt fear. I felt anger. But, oh, you helped me see what I actually feel is young. And that feels accessible and kind because now I can invite the love of God to tend to the boy, allow him to be fathered, initiated into maturity. So that was really um, a very helpful use of the language. Oh, friends, this podcast could change your life. It really could. When Isaiah uses the phrase brokenhearted, I think a lot of us hear it like as a poetic sort of an expression. It's lovely, it's descriptive, but he actually means it literally. He's not using poetry there. It's a conjunction of leb, which is heart, and shabar, which is to actually be broken. And elsewhere in Isaiah, when he uses shabar, it's a vase has fallen off onto the floor and broken, or someone's gone to make a fire and they've taken sticks that they need to create the kindling and broken the sticks to make the fire. So it's it's a literal mm. expression. It's not merely, these are people who are feeling a little low today. And the idea that there are many young places in us. There's an adolescent girl. There is a teenage boy. There is a four-year-old. There is a seven-year-old. Like There are young places in us that we can participate with Jesus in their recovery Mm -hmm. and their care 
And so like a huge access point, that phrase of, am I feeling young right now? How old do I feel right now? I'll often ask that of people. It wasn't appropriate. We were in one of those Zoom, you know, everything's on Zoom. God in heaven help us. But we're in a Zoom conversation with some people recently. A woman was telling a story. I don't know how she is. I don't don't know her super well, but she's probably 40. She looked 12. Mm. She was 12. In that moment, she was 12. And I so wanted to just ask across Zoom, um, I'm sorry, everyone, can we just pause for a moment? <laughs> you know, I'll call her Nancy. Nancy, how old do you feel right now? Because she was presenting at, she was 12. She was, Yeah, and she needed mercy in tending the 12-year-old. Yeah. care. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, we're we're way off into a into the field of of healing and how it takes place. But um, here's another gift, listeners: is just how how does older you feel about younger you? Will get you a lot of headway in this. How does older you treat younger you? Because most of us have just contempt and hatred and embarrassment around younger us, and and none of that heals, right? Right. That doesn't heal. It's only as we begin to see with compassion and mercy and and ultimately love, accept, and embrace younger. Right, and not diminish your own story, not diminish your wounds. I love Brennan Manning's quote where he says, Mm -hmm. a wound that is denied is a wound that cannot be healed. So to give space to your own... um, and not minimize it, mm. not compare it, or not think it's too huge to be healed. Like mm. nothing is out of the scope mm. of our Jesus. Mm. So Morgan, let's just circle back around for a moment. You shared a very vulnerable story as well. Does younger you feel protected in this moment? Mm. That's actually a pretty important question. As I look back, John, that has been a process because older me had so much anger towards younger me for so many years. Mm-hmm. There was just so much self-hatred, but what that self-hatred would was actually against the younger parts of me because they were in the way. They were not cooperative in my march towards achievement and success mm-hmm. and, and the, the heartbeat of the poser. But the work I've done over the years, I have cultivated like relentlessly the compassion for younger me mm. And I welcome him now because mm. I know he's part of the solution. Yes. He's not part of the problem. Yes. And so like, that's the distinction. So actually right now, first of all, I feel very safe with you three. Okay. Right? I, I know this is an atmosphere of love. Okay. And so I know this is a safe place. Okay. And then also I have learned that the path towards joy and well-being aligns with the care for the boy and not the pushing him away. So when he surfaced this morning, it was like, oh, I didn't know you were in there. Mm. Like, welcome. Like, welcome home. Yeah. And I actually reached out to Pablo to process it 
we have to have an outlet, right? You have to have a way to ensure you teach about this in trauma work of we have to have a way to um, expel the pain and and get it out of our bodies. And yeah. so I just kind of let loose in an email that I don't want anyone else to read, you know, and it was just a chance to be like, this is what he's yes. feeling. Yes. And he has a voice and I used to shut that down. Yeah. And so instead it was, I don't understand this. I'm scaring myself a little but he just needs a chance to speak. Yep. And then after he did, it was, oh, now we can invite the father. Because there's a 45-year-old in me too. Yes. And so he gets to say, father, yes. come, come and be with the little me that's four years old. Yes. And so it was actually a very safe yes. experience. Again, I'm so aware of our listeners right now. And there are little places showing up and friends can we all just do a prayer right now? Yes. That'd be beautiful. That Jesus, would you come to these younger places in me? I'm sorry for pushing them away. I'm sorry for hating them. I'm sorry for shaming them and, and neglecting them and the care that my own soul has needed. I welcome the younger places in me home. I welcome them. I need them. And I need your healing care. So Jesus, as things are, you know, are presenting right now, would you come? I open the door to you here and ask you to come and care for the younger places in me. Surround them with your love and be with them. Bring your presence to them, Jesus. And then when, when I'm done with this podcast and I go on with my day, would you shepherd me into the deeper healing of my soul? my heart and soul. In Jesus' name, we all pray. And amen. I want to offer a little hope before we go, because, wow, it, um, it can feel like all we are is broken, mm -hmm. or it can feel like there's too much. There's a reason most people don't go there. It feels overwhelming. It feels so. Once I open that floodgate mm -hmm. of, you know, whatever it is, the rage, the guilt, the shame, the grief, like I'll never get out mm -hmm. of that, right? Then I'm just that broken person, which isn't true. So you each, we all chose a healing journey many, many years ago. What's been the fruit? What would you describe as the fruit of? taking the healing journey? Uh, for me, one of the things that propelled me onto the healing journey was the damage I saw I was doing to my key relationships. And so the fruit of the healing journey is that I have good relationships. Um, I'm thinking particularly in terms of my children who, who were bearing the brunt mm -hmm. of my brokenness. And... Um, to invite Jesus in, to repent of sin, to pursue his love, to have his healing come to increasingly to these places. I have a really beautiful and true relationship with each of them, mm. yeah. for which I am immensely grateful. Mm. Yeah. That's very hopeful. 
That's very hopeful. What's been the fruit, gang? Decades of choosing this. I can tell one of the fruit is I feel often strong, and I I never would have used strong as a um, as an adjective for myself. And I feel, you know, I have a ways to go, but reliable, like this desire to be re- like for for Morgan to look over in our foxhole and find that I'm there, I'm oriented and alert. Mm. I'm good, and to have that and. Morgan, I can tell the fruit is I'm able to stay present, work to work through conflict in our marriage in a way that I just couldn't and before my wound was like in huge measures. Um, obviously, you know how um, Juanita put it, like there's still more work to be done, but what has already been done is a miracle. <laughs> and so I think of last night, what Morgan referred to is I had really abandoned him in a social situation and I have a commitment to not abandon him. And that's been something God has showed me, vision for our marriage, and I had abandoned him. And again, it, it's on an invisible level, but it had happened. And I was able to pursue him, ask him what my impact was on him, feel compassion for him, validate what he was feeling, and not just spiral into my own, now you have to take care of me because I feel so ashamed that I abandoned mm. you. I was able to that's draw on the huge. resources of of God mm. to be like, I can be responsible to my actions because I did. But without the healing, it was very hard for me to take responsibility mm. for my impact because I couldn't separate my moment impact mm. from my identity. So um, I, I, I'm loving the fruit in, in our true, marriage. Yeah. I see the fruit. I'm, ex- I'm a recipient of the fruit. So as you share that, I go, yeah, that's all true. I think for me, the more I take this healing journey, the more I come to revelation of what God is really like. And that changes everything. Mm. And so what it reveals, like so much of my life is God loves me when I come through. And so life is just a series of situations in which I need to come through to earn love. And that becomes exhausting and resentful towards yourself, towards God, towards people. And the, the amazing shift when I look through this healing journey is the fruit of abundance in the place of scarcity enjoy in the place of pressure. Like those are the two big things. I realized like the primary atmosphere around my emotional life is abundance. Still assault, still scarcity in places, Mm. but mostly abundance. The primary atmosphere around my emotional life is joy over pressure. Mm. And that was not the case. Like Five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, surely. So I see that slow and steady transformation, and it's really good. Mm. Here, here, buddy. I see it too. For me, I really like my life. I like my life. That's so good. Right? Like, mm. that's the fruit of this, mm-hmm. gang. I know the healing journey looks daunting at times and 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 is daunting at times. There are listeners who who have put in the hard work and feel like they're not there yet. But just to offer some hope here um, as we wrap up today, there's a lot of joy ahead, gang. There's a lot of freedom. Isaiah 61 is real. It's real. And I love my life. I enjoy my internal experience. Mm. I am not an, a world at war inside. Mm. Um, so... There you go. If, gang, if you haven't read 
captivating in a while or at all ever. If you haven't read Wild at Heart in a while or at all ever, there are new editions out. We kind of went back in and just tried to be aware of our language and and timing and two decades later and so new sections at the end of of some Q&A with the common questions we get asked about the message. Like, for your healing journey, go back, pick it up. And, and we do invite you to come to wildatheart.org and sign up for the free Captivating and Wild at Heart experience. And then what you'll get is a six-week, uh, you'll get a trickle, one email a week that has the film session and scriptures and reflections for journaling and and then a, a special um, message each week from Stacy and I for further kind of like guidance of what do I do with this now. So Morgan Share, thank you. Oh, Thanks yes. for your vulnerability today. It was extremely beautiful. If I could offer one closing thought, it's that Wild at Heart and Captivating are really anointed to be the starting point for the restoration of the human soul on the level of masculinity and femininity. Not only as a first on-ramp, but as a place to revisit, as John mentioned in the podcast. There's always another cut in the healing, the restoration, the freedom that we experience in one season prepares us for the next level of our masculine initiation that God wants to shepherd us through. And so we can return to the same message and take a deeper cut if we are consenting to a path and a process. So we've laid out the wild at heart and captivating experience, but they are your treasures to be mined. They're free. They're our heart expressed towards you. So whether you're brand new or you've been through before, and whether it's for you or you want to bring it to the thirsty, It's a beautiful on-ramp to the more that God has for us as kingdom apprentices. So as always, thank you for tuning in to the Become Good Soil podcast. And we'll end with a pause for 45 seconds to linger, to breathe, and to ask the Holy Spirit, shine your light. What are you revealing? What's next? What's for today? Come, God.